In episode one of Tech It Up Talk, you'll hear instructional technologists share their experiences from their lens of the rapid transition into virtual instruction, and then provide some tips and best practices as we're beginning a brand new start to a new year during this unprecedented time. You ready? Here we go. The Tech It Up Talk podcast aspires to educate, inform, and inspire educators from teachers to school leaders on tips, tools, and resources to support the integration of technology into classroom instruction. You're listening to Tech It Up Talk with Dr. Mack. I'm your host with the most passion for supporting educators from teachers to school leaders on integrating technology into classroom instruction. In today's show, I have two amazing guests that are here with me today. And I would like to bring them on so they can introduce themselves, give us a brief background about their experience in education and what their current roles are now. So I'd like to introduce you guys to Ms. Trishana Walker and Mr. John Amoson. Thank you guys for joining me today. Hey, Dr. Mack. Thanks for having me. Hi. Thank you. Thank you, John. How are you over there? Nice to see you guys. Can you share a brief background of your experience in education and like what your current role is? Sure. Um, My name is Trishana Walker, and I have been in education for about 13 years now. Uh, I started off as a special education science teacher uh, at the high school level. I um, did elementary and middle school for a short amount of time, and then I moved on um, to working at the district level in curriculum. Um, I was a teacher development specialist with special education science and then uh, instructional technology, uh, where I found my passion for helping teachers through technology. And currently, I work for Edmentum, which is an educational technology company, as an education consultant. All right, John. I'm John Amundsen. I've actually been in education for 13 years as well. And I started as a middle school math teacher. And uh, from there, I became a campus technologist and worked my way into becoming an instructional technologist, which I've been doing for the last eight years. All right. Well, thank you guys for being here today. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to hear some of your knowledge you're going to share with us and that our listeners can take back with them after our listening to our show today. You know, the goal for our show is really to inform educators and educate them on best practices and even tips on using and implementing technology into instruction or even into their systems in a building. So currently we know COVID-19 has had a major impact in education where uh, educators had to quickly and rapidly shift from, you know, teaching from a face-to-face environment to having to be forced into virtual instruction. So could you guys kind of share how your support shifted during that time from pre-COVID to now? Sure. So um, on the the private sector side as an educational consultant, you know, pre-COVID, my main work with educators was going in with the products that they had purchased and working through how to um, properly implement with Fidelity those programs. Um, Once COVID hit and school started shutting down, um, those conversations quickly started shifting more towards the general consulting side, um, where we talked about everything from um, digital classroom management, 
um, thinking through how to how to do grades, um, thinking through you know the other programs that the district had available to them, and how to to work those programs kind of all together for the best benefit of the students. So it it really just kind of shifted from being program specific to just being how do we do this when our kids don't have devices, we're not a one-to-one um, district, or how do we secure testing um, when we're not able to be in the brick and mortar with the students as they're taking an exam, uh, which they need, especially you know at the high school level. So uh, more consultative definitely in general than just being program specific. Hi, John. Yeah, so my job is actually helping our one-to-one program that we have at our school district. And so I we were always talking about how to use our LMSs and use digital tools and do virtual instruction for quite a while with schools that actually had devices already. So once COVID came uh, and it became important for everybody else who hadn't been doing it, we got real popular real fast and a, it was a very large uh, increase of uh, people that were actually wanting our services and scrambling to find devices and, and really kind of as like a mass unit to just try to get through the end of the semester, right? What can we do to get to the end of this? Uh, and I guess the one thing that surprised me was how fast schools were actually able to make a transition when it was kind of forced upon them. Yeah. And we're really out there seeking that information, which we had been trying to feeding we're trying to give out to the schools that had devices at one time, but then now everybody wanted it. So that was a big change. It was just a huge demand. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. hit on a, a few good points about having to transition and how they quickly have to just scramble. And, you know, I think about like supporting teachers and how before COVID, we, we as instructional technologists kind of struggled with trying to get them to adopt even, you know, a simple tool into their instruction. Because so many teachers are accustomed to, you know, they're comfortable with their traditional methods or even comfortable in their zone, even if they're using technology. And uh, maybe sometimes I say you have to get uncomfortable to get comfortable to move on and kind of explore some other tools. And, you know, this shift, you know, I think really gave some aha moments for a lot of people. So can you guys kind of share if you, if you yourself had an aha moment, if you experienced um, some aha moments from other teachers who um, kind of went through that transition and that reality check that they, I guess, kind of were pushed into uh, because of COVID? Okay, I, I, well, I'll just say that uh, the aha moment was I was really surprised at the teachers and uh, leadership surprise of all the tools that we already had in place that they didn't know about. So mm-hmm. I think they were kind of surprised that we actually had answers to a lot of their questions and we're able to get them on track really quick. I thought I think they must have thought that it was going to take a longer time to get mm-hmm. things in place. Uh, and that may just be for our school district. Since we had them in place, we were able to make that transition. So actually, John, I, I saw something and noticed something very similar where sitting down with districts and because I work with lots of different districts around the state, um, you know, there are a lot of things that happen in those districts that I'm unaware of. So by sitting and talking to them and asking them questions about what they currently had available um, and then thinking through how those those tools worked with our tools and what we could figure out, um, I think the aha moment was that 
administrators were realizing that they were much better equipped for this type of transition than they realized. And once we kind of had those conversations and started talking through the interrelationships of the different programs and thinking through creative ways to use those programs, you know, you you could almost feel the weight lifted <laughs> off of their shoulders where they're like, they they kind of took that deep breath and realized, okay, we we really can do this. It it it, it can be successful. Um, so that was kind of the the aha with administrators. I think for me, as far as teachers, teachers realized that they were more creative Mm -hmm. than they had given themselves credit for. And we realized that our students were a lot more resilient than Mm -hmm. we, you know, had previously thought. I think, um, you know, hindsight is always 2020 and there are always ways that we can do things, um, you know, better and, and, and add to the experience. But to say that schools literally went on spring break and just didn't come back, mm-hmm. the rapidness of turnaround and technology surveys and getting kids internet and resources being sent out and figuring out contingency plans to all of these different things, it happened really rapidly and it actually went really, really well. Um, so I think those were just kind of some of the the things that I noticed, um, with the districts that I serve. Yeah. You know, I like to think of this moment of a productive struggle because although, you know, in our field, we, you know, we want, we want this type of thing to happen before COVID, you know, cause we know the luxuries and the benefits that, uh, you can have with integrating technology into instruction and into your building, into your systems. Um, and so when, when that, when they were kind of forced to do that, what made me, I guess, excited in a way is that, you know, man, it only took a pandemic for this to happen. And now we're kind of <laughs> 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 so now, you know, we're like you're like tug of war and, and like you're they're you're they're being called on more before, you know, it's like, hi, how are you? And then they're really trying to not interact yeah. as much because they, they know you're coming with something for them. So you know, I really appreciate it. <laughs> So that was on the positive side for me that, you know, they really had that shift of, man, I wish I would have taken that advice from you or, and you were trying to show me this before. And, you know, I, I didn't try it, but now I see why it's beneficial. So those aha moments were over and over again for me with, with different interactions I have with uh, different teachers, administrators, leaders, and even um, I would say leaders of leaders, even they, they, they're having aha moments because now they're realizing that they have to model themselves for their uh, principles and then that has to then trickle down into the classroom and then you get more bang for your buck for the integration and adoption of technology into instruction so you know that that which we can now shift to our, our my next question which is really like what advice with our best practices would you give teachers or even th- those leaders for virtual instruction go ahead Trishana. You got it. So um, I definitely say, um, you know, when we have this conversation and we're talking specifically about technology, um, mm-hmm. the one thing that the number one thing that I would say to teachers and administrators is don't forget your pedagogy. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that consistency and student expectations still hold just as much um validity and power in the digital realm 
as it does in the classroom. Our students, you know, they need that consistency. Um, it helps with teachers' organization to keep that consistency. So whatever you end up doing, whether it's, um, you know, 100% digital, some kids are, you know, a, a blend of kind of that brick to click where some kids are in class and other kids aren't, you still need to have those those expectations and hold strong to, to our general pedagogy practices um, as educators. Um, you know, past that, really become familiar. It, it goes back to what you were just saying, you know, become familiar with the programs that are available through your district. Do you know what's available? Have you looked at it? Do you know what's available for your level or what's most appropriate for your level um, of teaching versus what wouldn't be as appropriate? Because we definitely have programs out there that are geared more towards high school than elementary and vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, and then lastly, you know, digital learning doesn't have to be stagnant. So just because we're dealing with a Zoom meeting or a Google Hangouts meeting, that doesn't mean that your kids can't interact with something. Maybe right. for science, you have them go outside and, and you know, investigate the biodiversity of their backyard or their front yard. Um, you know, you have everybody... Um, you know, draw out a map and then they've got to point to different things. There are lots and lots of ways. Um, um, AR is a really great way to help kids to kind of interact. So digital learning doesn't have to be stagnant. Mm -hmm. Be the creative being, the creative educator that you are and figure out ways to help your kids um, get that multi-modality learning going. Right. I like that. Uh, I think I would say the best advice for leaders when they're looking at their teachers is to put themselves back where they were a year ago, going into the 1920 school year. Everybody thought they had an idea of what that was going to be, right? Nobody thought we were going to get this pandemic and be sent home and have to do distance learning. And that was more of a triage type thing to get it fixed. Like I said earlier, to get us to the end of the semester. That's not the case now going into the 2021 school year. We know that we're still struggling with some of these things. We're still, the decisions haven't been made as to what schooling is going to look like officially yet, but we know what it looked like at the end of the spring. And right. so we've got advanced warning now, right? So now we can plan, <laughs> we can plan a lot better right. and learn from what worked and what didn't work in the spring yeah. to make it a much better experience in the fall. So I would say for leaders, Get that planning in there and get uh, their teachers comfortable with those tools that they were rapidly introduced to in the springtime that are now going to become their mainstays as they go into the fall and get that training early. Uh, let them kind of uh, learn it. Don't expect to be perfect the first time, right? Just reflect every week and try to make little adjustments so it gets better and better right. as the year progresses. So I think I would ask them to. Yeah. Get started with planning early and also be flexible. Uh, but teachers know now and the leaders know this. This is for sure something they need to know. So mm -hmm. if they need that assistance, now is a pretty good time to start. <laughs> the school is going to be here before, before we know it. Exactly. And along <laughs> those lines, I would also say, I think another, another kind of best practice for teachers, is definitely for teachers that are in district that have a good amount of technology to use, but also especially for those teachers that are in more technology poor areas, 
find a way to integrate that technology into your regular um, teaching cycle um, now, right? Because something else that we saw when we did have to shut down were those technology poor districts, the teachers had no idea how to work with the technology. They weren't as accustomed to dealing with anything outside of email and Word. And so, you know, or Google Classroom in some instances. And so any way that you can find to integrate digital elements into your your learning cycle now and becoming more familiar with it yourself, allowing your students to become more familiar with it um, can make that transition easier if it has to happen again. Otherwise, it's just good teaching practice as, Mm -hmm. as providing another modality of learning for students. All right. Well, thank you guys for sharing. I think we got some great information in that conversation. And I hope that our listeners are getting some nuggets that they can take back with them and think about. Uh, So we can go ahead and move on to our next segment. The next segment of our show is called Get Your Tech Together. So the purpose of this segment is to really share some different tools that teachers or administrators can take back with them and uh, share maybe something they never heard of. Or, you know, we we always have uh, different levels of educators and their experience and exposure to things. So if you guys can just share uh, some must-have tools that you think that uh, teachers or even leaders should have in their virtual learning toolbox. John, you want to go first? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'll go first, but I think I'm going to grab a category. (laughs) (laughs) I think, especially during these times, that if you haven't experienced it yet or tried it, Screencasting, I think, can help you as an instructor almost more than any of these other tools that we will probably mention. Uh, And there are quite a few options. I'm just going to name a few of them. But being able to record a lesson that students can go back to, even if you're doing it live and then recording that, or you're uh, doing it as a recording that they can view later as kind of maybe a flipped instruction. uh, Mm -hmm. I think if you get comfortable with one of these tools and get comfortable screencasting and offering a screencast, to your students, it's going to give a lot of value to what you're doing. But the three that I just wanted to mention, and I hope they're not on your list, Trishana, Screencast-O-Matic, Screencastify, which is actually an extension on Chrome. And a third option that is also pretty good is Loom. So screencasting, I think, is very valuable. I agree. All right, Trishana, what do you have to share? Must have. So I I went a little bit of a different route. Um, And so... My first piece is going to be some sort of digital classroom access that that you are familiar with. So either a Zoom, a StreamYard, Google Hangouts, get in, get familiar, um, practice with your kids, practice with your friends. Uh, one of the things that popped up were, you know, virtual game nights and things like that. We're still in quarantine. Have a virtual game night and practice on how to use these items um, so that if we have to go back, um, or you want to incorporate them, you know, into your normal learning cycle, you can. Um, the other one I like, I am kind of on the same board with you with Screencast-O-Matic, um, but either a digital or a physical whiteboard. One thing that we definitely want our kids to still see, and we know that helps teachers teach, is being able to physically write things out. So you don't have to switch everything into a PowerPoint just because we're going into digital learning. If you want to, you know, write something down, have a map behind you, um, 
you know, show text or something with actual highlighting, you can still do all of those things. Um, and then lastly, headphones or earbuds with the microphone. Um, they greatly help to, at least for me, they help with focus. Um, I project my voice quite a bit. And so the microphone helps me to not feel as though I'm having to yell at my computer microphone <laughs> so much. Uh, so I would definitely say headphone or earbuds with the microphone. Most of us, if you've got a Samsung or, you know, an Apple device, you've got those head, those earbuds that work. So those would be all right. Those all right, all thank you guys. Now, I, I was only giving you one. I still have more. <laughs> there you go. What's that, <laughs> I think for students that are doing things virtually, being able to create, have them create stuff is super important. And I really like Book Creator. I mm-hmm. think almost any subject can use it and uh, have students actually do some creation at home and be able to produce a product that they can share with the class or the teacher. And Book Creator is one that I really like. And so if you don't know about it, check it out. Uh, the other one I think that's important because of the virtual learning that's going on now is Edpuzzle. So if there are videos that you would like, you know, normally would show in a classroom that were educational, but you're offering that to students to do asynchronously at home, uh, Edpuzzle allows you to put questions at different segments within a certain video, and you can get that data and feedback, and it can help you kind of progress as you're doing the virtual learning process. So uh, those are two more that I like. Yeah. Along those lines, I think Padlet, um, you know, never underestimate a Padlet. A Padlet is a great way to get kids, you know, um, you know, provide them with some some, you know, quick assessment, get some feedback, um, a very engaging way to start or end um, any kind of, of virtual learning that you're that you have going on. I like to call them silent conversations. (laughs) Um, so everybody can be on mute and everybody can be heard all at the same time. Same thing, um, things like Mentimeter, there are lots of different ways that you can collect data. The word clouds that Mentimeter creates, I think can be really great, um, conversation starters. And then, you know, also don't, again, don't forget about the oldie but goodies, Kahoot. (laughs) Kahoot can be a great way to engage your students. You, you know, you, get a little bit of competition going. You can have great conversations. You get immediate data and feedback. Um, And so don't, you know, with with teachers, if you are experienced with technology and you want to go out and explore those new things, that's awesome. But if you're not as comfortable, it's okay to stick with the oldie but goodies. It's all in how you introduce those pieces to your students and how you engage with those students. Right. Yeah, so I like that. Thank you guys so much. That was really great. Okay, so for our last part of the show, um, we're going to have a tech smackdown. Now, <laughs> what the tech smackdown is, is that it's a battle for tip for tip. So you guys are going to share three top tips that you like to share with teachers and educators and getting started for this upcoming school year. And, you know, you guys don't know what each other's tips are. So we're going to battle. And then I'm hoping that our listeners will then be able to hear the tips and then kind of share with me who they thought gave the best tip. So are you guys ready to rumble? I think I'm ready. I I feel like instead of saying who's going first, we should do like paper, rock, scissors or something. We can do that. Come on, John. 
There we go. Hold on. Let me check. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Ready? Yep. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Ah! I got paper. Oh, um, John, John has paper. John did. <laughs> All right. Okay. My first tip for teachers is practice. Uh, if you think you're good at something, continue to practice. If you're brand new at it, practice. Find a peer teacher because they're also learning these tools as well. Practice with each other. And if you go through it a few times, that's better than just trying to start something new and going straight with the classroom students. Mm -hmm. uh, practice helps. Yeah. Uh, I would say become familiar with the digital programs that are currently available and free to you through your district and start there. Okay. Uh, I, after you practice and have done it with the tools that you're learning, thank you, Trishana. <laughs> uh, I think on a regular basis, like weekly, you should reflect and see how things are working and just don't use things to use them. Actually try to get some results back from them and see if it's helping you with something or if it's more importantly helping the students. Uh, and if it's not or you have to make little adjustments, be willing to do that. But you can't do that unless you really are critical about your own lessons and the results you're getting. So I think you should reflect every week. Um, this tip is specifically for administrators. Administrators, dive into the programs that you are asking or requiring teachers to yes. use so that you understand what it is that they're supposed to be doing versus what they can do. So kind of your, your goals and expectations versus reality. And that will, will um, help you to better make those, those decisions and enforce those expectations uh, as the year goes on. All right. Uh, I will add one to that for those. <laughs> uh, Feel like I, you're trying to outdo me here, John. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think this is the next most logical thing that you need to be flexible. You're going to have some teachers that are very good at doing this and some teachers that are, are struggling at first, but trying. Mm -hmm. You need to really see where everybody's level is and allow them to grow. And as long as they're growing and becoming better and better, that should be a positive thing. Uh, you don't want to see somebody just not being able to perform, but not even trying, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Same thing with those high flyers. You know, sometimes you think they're your superstars, and they might be early, but watch them and see. Uh, everybody should have an instructional tech buddy or an ed tech buddy. If you didn't know who that person was on your campus or in your district or whatever, you need to know because those are the people that are going to help you face <laughs> the scenario. And for administrators, I think it's the same thing. You need to know who that person is that you can go to, that you can send your teachers to. It might be some of your teachers. You might have people on campus. You might have to call in for some support, but you should take advantage of it. They're very popular right now. You need to get in line. <laughs> yes. I come on. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for joining me today and sharing your knowledge and experience uh, from you, from the field. And I, I hope that we truly help someone uh, by listening to this podcast. So I hope you also can join me again. I would love to have you back on whenever you're ready. I'm ready for you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys. And I'll see you next time. Bye, Dr. Yeah. Mack. Thanks, Bye. John. Bye. Have a good one. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Tech It Up Talk podcast with Dr. Mack. 
your host with the most passion for supporting educators on using and implementing technology. Be sure to catch our weekly episodes every Friday and connect with me on the Tech It Up Talk Facebook page and Twitter and Instagram at Tech It Up Talk or at Dr. J.E. McDonald. Now, I know teching may not always be easy, but it sure is fun.